Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 420, The Waterlogged Turkey. And I am your co-host, and the guy who has two wild women in his kitchen cooking, and the guy who had a very eventful opening weekend of deer season and i'm your co-host and the guy who feels that he brought on a curse the curse of old mexico i mean you could call it that but last week i was really amped about tennessee with our interview with dr goolsby and this week was a total disaster (laughs) (laughs) so sorry volunteer fans i finally gloated a bit with the go vols and it came back to bite us it was on me it's all cameron's fault golly our corners looked like alabama's corners did against tennessee they're they're they just weren't there well i missed the game i was at the hunting camp but well I'll... south carolina scored 63 points that's all you need to know i did see that now and that was pretty impressive yeah. that that's all you need to know to know what happened there but 
and the sadly our star quarterback Hendon Hooker he tore his ACL so. oh no did he really yeah he's done I hate it for him he had a heck of a year this year and really looked great and you know that will probably affect him greatly in the NFL draft and just hate it for the guy but yeah, yeah late in the game fourth quarter made a cut and his knee just crumpled I mean nobody even touched him and it just was gone mm. Yeah, I knew it was bad off the off the front end, but what? Congrats about the two wild women. And what happened? <laughs> what happened on for deer season? Yeah, you're just gonna skip right over that part. That you're like, <laughs> yeah, that's just a normal day at Andy's house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it your wife and one a, a mother or mother-in-law? No, no, no. Wife and her older sister are up there prepping before prepping. For Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the prep before the prep. So anyway, if you hear some oh, loud singing of Prince or Michael Jackson or something like <laughs> that, they're up there jamming. So all right, yeah. But man, all I can, I, I'm gonna try to keep all this brief because there's part of all of this story that I do want to elaborate on. But Thursday afternoon was I was late getting to where I wanted to hunt. I saw. 15 deer from the time I drove into the gate until I parked the truck to get to the food plot. Got to the food plot. There's nothing there. So mm-hmm. that was Thursday afternoon. Friday morning, I slept in and I said, you know, I'm just going to go out around. And I had a little bit of work to do. So, you know, when I slept in, I slept in until like 6.15 and did not hunt in the morning. So I worked until about, I guess about 10.30. And I said, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to predator hunt for two, three hours and then go get in a shooting house and see if I can kill a deer. So I signed out for the area that I was going to hunt, walk in there, my very first setup. I sit down, turn the call on. It's the dying rabbit and that thing is just squealing and squealing and squealing. And all of a sudden, 10 minutes in, no, it was about eight minutes in, the battery dies on my collar. So I said, well, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here for a couple of minutes to see if anything comes out. So I'm sitting there, my little decoy set up in the middle of the road. I, I'm, I mean, I, I sit up on the side of this road and I'm looking down the road, probably a hundred yards. I got my rifle and I said, you know, if something will come out in front of me and step out in that road. It, he's, it, it's a goner, you know, when you're hunting predators in the South, something comes up behind you and you're hunting by yourself they are so sharp and wary and you know they're hunting so if you move they're going to see you and they're going to be gone if so if they come up behind you you're you're screwed anyway even if they don't catch your wind so about your only chance is for them to come out in front of you so i'm sitting there batteries died in the collar about two or three minutes goes by and i said well i'm just going to get up and i'll change the batteries out i stand up took one step out into the road (laughs) look up and about 75 or 80 yards a coyote steps out into the road oh my gosh and i had my hands full and my gun already on my shoulder so of course course. so it didn't see me when it first stepped out so i put everything down and i went to to reach for the rifle on my shoulder and he saw me and took off and was gone i was like crap Mm. you know so but it's still it's still fun i mean if you call them in it's fun so mm-hmm. that afternoon i didn't see any deer from the in, in the field that i was hunting 
So Saturday morning, I get up and I go to my property just south of Birmingham. And I've got trail camera pictures of a bunch of deer coming coming into my food plot over there. So I said, well, I need to thin some of these does out. No one really kills any does out there. And that's about between that entire development and the property to the north of us is about 4,000 acres. And there may be 12 or 15 does killed off of that 4,000 acres every year. It just is not enough deer killed. So I'm climbing up in my stand. I get up there. It's about 8.30. I knew the deer were coming in between 9 and 10 o'clock. I've got my air rifle sitting there. And sure enough, 9.30, here comes a doe and a fawn out over my left shoulder behind me and they're nervous as I'll get out anyway the the doe feeds on up into the food plot turns broadside at about 35 yards I put the crosshairs on her lungs squeeze the trigger thump bullet hits and she takes (laughs) off I said well that thump sounded a little bit different than all the other thumps that I've gotten from that air rifle when I've shot so Mm -hmm. I'm going to just sit up in the stand for about an hour just in case I gut shot her and give her a chance to die. So I sit up there for an hour and I'm like, all right, it's time to get down and just go see if she's on the ground down there off the edge of the field. I put my gun up against the rail of the, (laughs) of the tripod stand, turn the chair around. I take one step down the ladder and I hear a click and then I hear my gun bounce off of the ground. Oh my gosh. So shot this deer. I think I may have got shot her. Now I've just dropped my air rifle off the, out of my tree stand. (laughs) So I said, well, I I can't, I I don't know if the gun's still on or not. So I had my rifle in the truck. So I said, well, I'll just go get my rifle. So my seven millimeter 08. So I go swap guns, walk back to the food plot, walk down the hill. I see the little deer jump up with a flag up. And then I see the deer I shot get up all hunkered up and walking off, not really running, but walking off behind the the smaller deer. Yeah. And I said, well, that's not good. I just jumped her. And so I backed back out. I went and killed another hour of time. I said, I'm just going to give her a chance. I'm not real sure I'm going to find any blood or not, but you know, I got to go look. So after that hour passes, I said, well, I'm just going to go down through the food plot, go down the road because the direction they ran, they would have run across this road. And I said, I'm going to go down there and just see if I can find where they cross the road, see if there's any blood or anything. So I get down there and I found some blood. It's like, okay, well, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I got liver and guts. I just, I don't have a clue. So I knew the direction the deer was going. The deer was going to get to my neighbor's property. So I texted my neighbor and I said, hey, I shot a deer. I'm 99% sure it's made it to your property. Is it okay if I go look for the deer? And not five minutes later, he texts back. He's like, yeah, that's not a problem. I took a little screenshot of OnX and I circled the area that I was going to be in and sent it to him just so he'd know. And so I said, I'll text you when I come out. I said, I don't really have a good blood trail. You know, I think it's just going to be blind luck that I find her. Yeah. So I start in on his property. This deer's running down or walking, whatever, but it's going down the road that runs into this little piece of his property. So I'm really more or less, I'm getting a little bit of blood, just enough to keep me going, but I'm more or less 
following the trail of disturbed leaves. Mm. And so I get to this little creek, and, and there's no water in it. It's just a little dry creek right now. I get to this little creek, and I'm looking around. I can't find any blood. There's two trails that kind of split off there, and I'm looking at one of them, and I don't see anything, and I take a little step. When I do, I hear a deer jump up in front of me about 60 yards, and I look, and it was a little one. Well, there goes the big one, the one I shot after the little one. Well, I take off running, and you're not going to believe this, Cameron. I ran down the edge of that creek, got into the creek bed, got my scope up, got the deer's rear end in the scope, clicked the safety off, and I had about a fraction of an inch that I, between trees that I could shoot and possibly get the bullet through to hit that deer. And I said, I just need her to turn left or right just a little bit for me to get a broadside shot and take her down. And she never turned. She kept walking just dead away from me. And I said, well, she's not moving real quick. I think I can run and get a little bit closer to her <laughs> and get a shot. So safety back on and I take off running. I run about 20 yards and I stop. And when I started running after her that time, she flat took off. I was like, all right, well, that's probably was a huge mistake. So I saw where she went and I said, well, I'll, I'll walk down to where I last saw her and see if I can find any blood. I reached down in my pocket and my cell phone is gone. Uh, of course. You know how to lose a <laughs> cell phone. My slate calls probably with it. <laughs> so I'm like, crap. I'm on my neighbor's property. First of all, losing your cell phone's bad enough, especially with as much business as I conduct on mine. I, I pretty well have got to have it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have my cell phone. I'm on my neighbor's property. I got no way to call somebody to say, hey, can you come help me try to find this deer? I got no way to communicate with my neighbor to say, I'm still on your property or I'm out of your property or whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, I've run her off again. I need to give her some more time. So I'm just going to look around for my phone. So yeah. I look around for my phone for about an hour. I mean, I, I've gone a total of... 100 yards. Wow. And I know within about a 20, 25 yard wide path where I ran to. And I'm I'm just working the grid within that area, looking for the phone. Can't find it, can't find it, can't find it. Like, man. And the ringer's turned off, of course. So. Of course. Of course. I said to myself, I think that, I think I might have an idea. So I leave the neighbor's property, go back up to my property, and I get my truck. I drive my truck down to the neighbor's property, down the road that the deer originally walked into his or ran into his property on, and I pull up on the Bluetooth on my truck, the phone app, and I scroll through my contacts, and I call my brother, goes to voicemail, call my dad, goes to voicemail. Tammy was out of town. I didn't want to bother her, so I call Chris, my son, and he answers. All right, go Chris. And I said, hey, I need some help. Okay, what can I do for you? I said, well, this is going to sound very crazy because I'm calling you from my phone. <laughs> but I don't know where that phone is. I have lost my phone, and I need you to call me repeatedly until I find it and answer. Well, he starts just dying laughing. So... He call, I hang up from him, and he calls and calls and calls and calls and calls, and I found it. Nice. So, actually, what happened prior to, I left this part of the story out, what happened prior to that is I was listening to a book on tape in my stand, 
So I had my Bluetooth earbuds in. And so <laughs> I could turn my Bluetooth earbuds off and turn them back on. And if it would connect to the phone, I knew I was within, you know, probably 50 yards of the phone. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to narrow down the range that my phone was just by using my <laughs> earbuds. And then when I drove my truck in there, I was able to narrow it down there that way as well. So I found my phone. That's a big win. All right. Now it's getting late in the afternoon. I've got to try to find this deer. So I get back on the blood trail and start following the blood trail. And I, I go about 150 yards from maybe 200 yards from where I lost the phone. And the deer jumps up in front of me at about 25 yards. It had bedded down on the edge of the of the hill and I was just around the, the toe of that hill and I couldn't see the deer where she was bedded down. But I got close enough just trailing her, getting just, I mean, again, I'm finding blood every 10 yards, every 15 yards, just enough to keep me going. And she jumps up, she ran away from me. And when she got about another 15 yards away from me she turned left and I threw the gun up and shot and hit her and she ran on down a little bit you know maybe another 20 yards and stopped and fell over and that was the end of it so then I had to text my neighbor and say hey I got the deer but can I drive my truck in he doesn't know that I drove my truck in to find my phone and after I found my phone, I drove the truck out of his property. So I'm like, hey, can I drive the, my truck in and get this deer so I don't have to drag it all the way back to my place? <laughs> and so he texts me back after about 20 minutes and said, yeah, that's not a problem. So anyway, it, it all turned out to be a good a good day. You know, I, I don't ever want to lose a deer. I know nobody does. But man, that was it was a long day. It was six hours from the time I shot that deer until I killed her. And, you know, I hate that she suffered that long, but it's going to happen. You know, it's just, a, yeah. it's going to happen. So, all right, that was Saturday. So Sunday morning, I get up and I go to a different piece of property and sitting there in the stand, I'd been there for maybe hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, hadn't seen any deer. And I needed to leave at, I think it was 930 at the latest that I needed to leave so I could get to church at 11 in Birmingham. So I, I had my predator call with me. So I pulled my predator call out, set it up on the rabbit and start playing. Not three or four minutes after it starts playing, a fox comes running out of the clear cut, the year and a half old clear cut and stops nice. at about 40 yards facing me. I put the crosshairs on him and boom, rolled him. He's laying there, and about 10 seconds after I shoot, he starts thrashing, and he starts just like you had stepped on your dog's foot. Gosh. Oh, gosh. Seriously. That joker jumps up and takes off running in the clear cut, ran about 50 yards, and either laid down or died over there. I don't know what. And I marked the spot where he was. I said, well, you know, I'm going to get down that stand and walk over there and, and get him. I'll walk over there and I can't find him. <laughs> I can't find any blood. I'm like, man, I don't have, I don't have six hours to look for this fox. I had to go to church. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like mission accomplished. He's been, you know, I'm trying to eliminate a predator and I feel pretty sure he's been eliminated. So, you know, again, I, I probably would have skinned him out and, and, you know, maybe tried to tan him at home, but I wasn't going to do anything else with him. But it was an eventful week. Man. Or weekend, I should say. Have so. you considered grabbing some paper targets? 
Yeah, I'm going to tell you it was not a very big fox. Well, he was facing you. That's a tough shot. And he was facing me, but yeah. What was wrong with the, the air gun the with the doe? What was it a different plunk? Did you figure that out? Yeah, the doe was gut shot. But I mean, I, it. so that gun is a three fifty seven caliber air rifle. Mm-hmm. And the entry wound was a perfect thirty five caliber hole. And the exit wound was a perfect 35 caliber hole and I didn't get any lung so there was no blood I hit her I could not have missed her lungs by an inch but you know that's all it takes you know I mean you you, if you're if you're trying to lung shoot them and you miss them by that much it's guts you know if you miss them to the towards the body you know towards the center of their body and so Anyway, I that's the thing about the air rifle. Everything I've read says if you're gonna shoot a deer or shoot a hog, you need to shoot it in the lungs. Do not shoot it in the shoulder. But <laughs> I am pretty sure that those bullets that I'm shooting would break the shoulder bone. And I've always preferred a heart shot over, you know, just trying to get a straight lung shot. I don't like to trail, but I'm I'm pretty good at it, but I don't like to trail deer. And if I can break that front shoulder and hit the heart, I don't have to trail them. Most of the time. Yeah. So anyway, well, that was uh, I've, fun weekend in the woods. It was a, a very eventful, fun weekend. Much more fun than sitting in a tree stand, seeing nothing for hours and hours and hours on end, and being bored out of your mind. But man, anything's fun than that. <laughs> predator hunting is a blast. I'm telling you, it is. Yeah, that's it's awesome. so much fun. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get out and try to coon call. Yeah sometime soon uh, the only problem i might have is that i think i may have killed most of our coons which is a good problem to have yeah it is but i bet i could find some landowners that border us who would allow me to go coon calling on their properties <laughs> yeah yep i think so. i think if you ask you can get permission yeah i think that'd be pretty easy to, pretty easy permission to get these days yeah yep so anyway with all that excitement you've got a pretty exciting story to share with us today don't you on a about a wild turkey yes a very wild turkey this one was as they all are quite memorable but for some reason i know why but the gobbling in this episode we're going to talk here in person is a memory i'll never forget because the gobbles were just Audio doesn't do it justice. It never will, but it's still pretty good audio, in my opinion. But the gobbling was just, it was on another level because of many factors. But, and I'll explain that. But let me, I guess, start from kind of background, then we'll go into the hunt and then finish up like usual. But this hunt took place on the, this, I went to a place I'd never been. It's a, I've never hunted there and got on a turkey on like a, it was like a Monday, I think, and it was very flooded at the time in the bottom. And this this place has flooded areas, hill ground. It's a good mixture of both, you know, hardwood bottoms yeah. and, and hill ground. And so I got on a gobbler. It was very flooded down low, so I started up high and got on a turkey pretty easily up high on Monday. Anyway, he gobbled really good, and he would gobble and pretty much answer my calls but never actually move towards me mm-hmm. and he had a big harem with him was basically what i figured out and so anyway came home and almost went somewhere else the next day i usually don't like to hunt the same turkey two days in a row but 
I thought, you know, I didn't call too terribly much to him. I wasn't there very long. I'm going to go back after that turkey. Plus, I don't know where any other ones are. So that that's also incentivizing. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But So I went back in there, and I'm moving towards basically what he did that day. I thought, I'm going to play it like he's going to do the same thing tomorrow, which he most likely won't, but I'm going to play it the same. And I'm going to start out on the far side of him, which means I need to go through the swamp and come around his hill and get on him from that side, because that's where he seemed to really be wanting to work towards. And so, assuming he roosted in the same spot, which is not a great assumption usually, but got to start somewhere. Mm. Made me feel good. You know, so go in there and I have my hip boots on and I'm sloshing across the swamp, totally listening, like honed in to my left where he should be. And all of a sudden a turkey gobbles and this turkey gobbles is like straight out through the water in the swamp. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's a turkey goblin. I'm looking at Onyx and, you know, just like most low bottom land areas, there's no topography to it yeah so like i can't tell i'm like is he on an island out there of just slightly higher ground like you know what's the deal here i can't figure anything out from onyx so i'm like well i'm going towards the goblin turkey (laughs) exactly you'll figure it (laughs) out pretty easy conclusion at that point so i go sloshing along through the through the water i mean i'm in water the whole time you'll hear on the audio i'm not gonna make y'all listen to 10 minutes of me sloshing through water but Oh, come I'll on. leave a little bit in there just for character. <laughs> and anyway, I get over there and you'll hear, I mean, I, I end up sitting down and I'm like, I'm in water and I had found, I'm like 80 yards from this turkey and it has turned out it's multiple turkeys goblin. I, I estimate to be at least three, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And they are just shredding it. And I'm, I'm like 80 yards from them, and I'm like, I got to sit down. Like, I am under these birds. Like, I am right here. And they're still in the roost at this point. Yeah, they're still in the roost, yeah. and I'm, I'm in them. Like, I honestly kind of, like, didn't realize how in them I was because I think because I was sloshing through the water, I couldn't really... And, like, when I finally stopped, it was like, they gobbled, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in them. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to sit down, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, how am I going to call a turkey in here? Like, it's water. Like, A, how do I sit down? Like, do I just go stand by a tree? Or, like, like am I actually about to do this where I try to call the bird into a water-filled area? Anyway, I see a big hickory tree to my left that kind of flares out at the bottom. And, the you know, I guess what it is is just years of, like, leaves and stuff being piled at the bottom that turns into soil. It's, you know, kind of, there's more dirt around right at the base of the tree. Mm-hmm. And it was enough area around where it flared for me to sit my butt to stay dry. And so I just went and sat kind of in that tree at the base, my hip boots still in the water out front resting, you know, gun on my knees, sitting on this little patch of dirt, looking at water. I mean, it looked like the freaking ocean through the woods, you know? Yeah. I felt like I was duck hunting. There's, you know, wood ducks swimming around out there. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, let's do it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's see how this I'll goes. what'll happen. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can't, I can't get any closer, you know? It was that point where it was like, this is it. I can't move from here unless I back out, and all that is that way is more water. So, right. Anyway, 
we'll jump in here. I'm going to go and just play the audio, and then I'll kind of talk out how it went down. But it's not a very long hunt. I'll just play this audio all the way, one big block, and we'll see you guys on the other side of the audio, and I'll kind of relay what happened. All right.
right. So as you can hear, I killed him. And I just, I'll just give you a play by play of what happened. They're shredding it on the wrist. It was one of the easier hunts I had all year. I called, they answered. I called, they answered. Everything I did, they were, they were hot and ready, just ripping it. They fly down, and here they come. I mean, straight to me. And I look up, and there's three longbeards walking through the water, literally up to their spurs in water, like they're, you know, like it's nothing. Hmm. Meanwhile, I've seen turkeys with one strand of barbed wire between me and them, and you would have thought the Great Wall of China was between us. Yeah. Or a bar ditch that is, you know, two inches wide that drains a field, and it, it is literally a force field against it. Yeah. I don't, I'll never understand that concept of a turkey's brain. How one day one will fly a river to you, and the next day one won't walk across a ray of sunshine you know <laughs> you're right it will never make sense but on this day these turkeys are walking through water like they were ducks i mean they were happy as could be and ready to go i don't i don't know how they would have even bred in there to be honest without drowning the hen i don't you know i don't know <laughs> so, I mean, i'm serious like if they tried to mount a hen in there she would be dead <laughs> No doubt, unless she really could telescope that head up. That's probably why but, you didn't hear any hens in there. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> Walking out, I just see hen bodies floating around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the plan was, but I see three longbeards walking towards me, and they're within gun range by the time I see them. I mean, they're 25 yards, and they're walking through the water, which was just a really cool sight. They're in single file line, kind of like, it looked like the old NWTF logo, like single file line, three long beards, but they're in water walking from right to left. And I was like, I was about to kill the front one. And I was like, you know, I want, it was almost like this went too well. Like I want a little bit more. And I did really good at that last year with several hunts. If I was comfortable in the situation and felt like I had a good chance at killing the turkey, regardless of what happened. I tried to just give it those precious few more seconds, you know? Yeah. And because truly you don't get many seconds, if minutes in life with the turkey in gun range and you, you've got him, like you've done it, True. you know? Yeah. I mean, that usually is a literal, oh, there he is, boom, you know, that kind of thing. And so last year when the, when it was possible, such as this situation and the other hunt I've shared on here in the hardwoods, I just tried to let him keep coming and really enjoy, you know, 30 minute, 30 seconds to a minute of that moment. Cause it's mm -hmm. just something special. Yeah. And so none of them are strutting. I mean, I, I don't think they could have, if he had blown up into strut, he would have soaked himself, you know? And so none of them are strutting. They're just walking. And he walks up. It was 17 steps from my tree. So, you know, maybe 15 steps from the end of my gun barrel. Nothing but crystal clear air between us. And the water across the ground between us, and he gobbles right there in my face, mm -hmm. which you heard right at the end. And I mean, it just blasted me in the ear. The vibration off the water, I'm in a hardwood bottom, which is already usually louder. Yeah. It was like the stars aligned for here is the loudest gobble, <laughs> most intense gobble you will ever hear. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And he. He did it just right there, because I mean, at that point, he's in he's in the zone, 
and I'm sure that was his one of like, all right, baby, where are you? I'm here, you know? Yeah. And anyway, at that point, I was like, okay, I can't get anything else better than that out of this. Yep. So I put the beat on him. He, At that point, actually, they turned around and were about to exit because they had done their deal. They'd come in and gobbled to look for the hen, and she wasn't there. So they turned around to exit, and I shot the back one. And then he commenced to absolutely soak himself because he obviously crumpled and he was doing his wing flaps you know death flap which kept him afloat i think he would have floated anyway but that kind of swam him across the freaking water so he's just like he looked awful yeah i I was able to clean him up pretty good and get him where he looked respectable but he looked terrible to be honest such a fine specimen he was a great turkey he had over inch spurs and they were nice sharp starting to curve spurs you know and uh really nice beard on him but he just was his beard looked pencilly obviously when i killed him because it was sopping wet yeah when i got it home it was actually pretty nice once it dried out but it was it was an experience for sure and after the hunt it was really cool i was walking out and i ran into an old man and we had a great conversation and i was like man i did not I was like, where did you, there was no one else in the parking lot when I got here. I was like, so I didn't come in on you. I made sure to let him know. And he's like, oh, I didn't park there. I parked somewhere else and came in by boat. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I just, I never heard, he's like, I never called or anything. I was like, okay, good. Cause I, I didn't want you to think I came in on you. And he's like, no, absolutely not. So anyway, it was a great conversation. I said, well, there was two more with him, you know, have Adam and, we had a good conversation. He's a super nice guy. He'd been hunting there for several years and said he was telling me some stories of him and his son that they had enjoyed in that area. And yeah, anyway, it was a very courteous encounter because it was, I think it was obvious to both of us. We didn't know the other guy was there. Right. And there was no malice of either of us trying to come in and steal the other guy's turkeys. Had I heard him call before I got to those birds or, you know, vice versa, hopefully one of us would have backed out. Right. Yeah. So it ended up being a great experience. And I got to tell him my story and show him a bird. And he was, he was genuinely happy for me, which is always nice when you run into a stranger in the woods. That they're excited for you, you know, on your kill. Yeah. And so that went really well. But it was just a cool experience. I don't, I will never understand why those turkeys were where they were, truly, because there were some really beautiful hardwood hills 100 yards up, you know, the hill there. Yeah. But they wanted to be in the swamp. I don't know. I don't know if that turkey I hunted the day before had, you know, whooped them and was the dude with all the hens, you know. Yeah. And so they were banished to the swamplands. It's quite the sight to see it. 17 yards you know and three old gobblers walking through the water and scaly foot you know you can see it coming out of the water and going back in like that's pretty neat yeah that's cool and then that i just can't justify how incredibly loud and intense oh, that bet. gobble the last one like if i could figure out a way to bottle that gob that gobble up and people could inject it into their veins i would have the strongest drug on earth yeah, I tell you, I would take it all day, every day. Yeah, well, I can, I can imagine the sound echoing off that water. You yeah, know, that, that there, had to, had to be pretty. There's cool. just something about that, you know, because if a turkey's across a huge expanse of water, like a massive lake or something, 
you can hear them for a long way because that the sound waves echo off water. You know? Oh yeah. Well, one at 15 yards with nothing but water between you, it really booms. I can tell you, <laughs> I promise, it booms. You get every part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, cool experience, and now I'm now I'm friggin' fired up. Got me fired up. Yeah, That's I don't know, sure. man. I I can't wait. I'm I'm really excited about turkey season coming up i'm really getting that itch now duck season starts for us on saturday mm-hmm. and so i have that to pass some time but turkey season's not far i've started doing a lot more map scouting lately and just starting to get into that itch you know listen to this 121 days nine hours five minutes and 19 beautiful seconds three that's months nice. that's four months Four months and a day. You know, it sounds better. Tell me that. 98 days, mm-hmm. eight hours, 20 minutes, and 54 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's We're in double digits, man, before we're going to be chasing turkeys. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's crazy for sure. But anyway, that that was my experience. I had a, I had a really cool year last year. I, I truly did. I, I hunted turkeys in so many different cool terrains, you know. Yeah. And I love... That's part of why I love traveling, and even when I'm hunting here at home, I try to hunt different properties that are different, you know, rather than, and I've always said this, I don't kill more than one on on a single property, public or private, and I like that rule for myself. A, I feel like it's better for the turkeys, and B, it forces you to hunt different properties so you get different terrains. <laughs> yeah. And so... And that's one thing that makes the sport of turkey hunting so cool is that different people get different things out of it and enjoy different parts of it you know yeah i I know you have too because we talk to a lot of people that turkey hunt but you know i've talked to people that are like yeah i don't i don't travel to turkey hunt my favorite place to hunt is my own property or my hunting club property that i've hunted for you know 20 years or 25 years and that's where i go every opportunity i get to go and you know they they hunt the same bird or birds all season long and that's what they enjoy and you know that's that's the beauty part of it you know for me and i know cameron's the same way and a lot of you guys listening to the show are as well I enjoy traveling. I enjoy seeing new parts of the country. I enjoy meeting new people. And, man, I have met some characters along the way. Oh, yeah. And I have met some turkey characters along the way as well. And so, you know, I love that. But don't get me wrong. I love to hate those non-goblin Alabama turkeys. And, you know, we'll still go every opportunity I get. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to me, and this would be an intriguing project. I feel like statistically we are worse hunting our own land, like our hometown land that we hunt all the time. We statistically are the worst at hunting that than we are when we travel. <laughs> oh, I, I know I am. But I think that's everybody because, you know, if you ask anybody, well, what, who's, what's the hardest turkeys on? Oh, the ones around my house, They're the, those are the demons, you know. Yeah. And why is that though? You would think it would be that's where we should be the best. We know the most about the woods. Like we don't just show up and but there's something to it. 
because I mean, don't get me wrong, I still get my turkeys, but usually it takes several, several days, if not weeks, you know, compared to I go on trips to another very difficult state, and statistically, I do better than that. <laughs> well, you know, I understand what you're saying, but you go to a different state, and it's not like you're hunting for two hours before work. That's accurate. You know, so you're giving it all day, you're, I think a lot of times you're able to pattern turkeys better you know, you're you're going in and you're hunting. Typically, when we find turkeys when we're hunting out of state, we're going in and we're hunting those turkeys. Yeah. You know, yeah, we it's may shoot. A little more, more relaxed here. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, no, no, no need pressing the issue. I can come back tomorrow. Yeah. If you're out of state, it's like, hey, you know what? This may be my only shot. If I bump him, I bump him. Yeah. Yeah. That maybe that's it, you know, and and you're right, the whole day thing is true, but I've just I've noticed that I don't know, and and even in my home state, I've noticed the times like this, you know, I hunted two days at that place and got a turkey, when I'm like, you know what, I'm going somewhere new, never been there, I'm just going. That first day that I go somewhere new is my best odds of killing a turkey. Yep. Without hands down, I could if I kept statistical data on it, I guarantee you the first day I ever stepped foot on a property is my best shot at killing them. Yeah, and that's something that's strange to me as well. I have noticed a lot of times, you know, I can go to a completely new area or a completely new piece of property, and I don't know if you're just throwing something different out there for the turkeys that they've never heard and yeah. they just kind of you know falling all over you or you know blind luck or it's more than luck there's something else there because it happens too often yeah it's definitely i would say statistically if i kept track on trips and everything hunting a piece of property will say like if i hunted the same area day one is my best day three is my second best and day two would be my worst i don't know why but that's how it goes for me if i don't kill him day one I almost never kill him day two, but I have a good chance again on day three. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> it's like, I guess the ones I don't get the first day, it takes me another day and a half or so to learn them enough to get them that third day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think at that, that point, it's just the, the turkey gods making you work for it. Yeah. And then you go to Arkansas and it's more like, you know, day 45 <laughs> is your best shot. <laughs> the day after the season ends. <laughs> Alabama, it's day 30, you heard your first gobble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I did that very thing in two states that many people would say are two of the toughest states to kill in in the entire country this past season. First day there, done. Yep. You know, I spent more time traveling to and from those two states to get to the woods to hunt than I did in the woods hunting. And, yeah. you know, I'll take it. I'll take it without a doubt. Oh, yeah. You know, All day, every day. One day I'll go back to those states and spend some time chasing birds, but I'm on a mission. That's it. That's it. But hope you guys enjoyed that. I do want to say we're thankful because you'll be getting this episode on Thanksgiving. We're thankful for all of y'all listening to us jabbering about our turkey hunting stories and ideas and hopefully you get some great information from the guests we have on even though you have to listen to andy and i we, we do have good guests but we appreciate y'all listening to us and for all the positive feedback we've gotten from you and and negative feedback we appreciate that too yep but thank you 
and I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving and just has a great time spending time with family and hopefully getting outdoors and hunting something, deer, ducks, whatever it may be. Yeah, and that's the favor of the week this week from me and Cameron is to really look around you and reflect and on the things that, that the blessings that you have in your life and enjoy them. And if it's someone that is a blessing in your life, tell them. Yeah. You know, don't, don't ever, ever, ever take for granted that they know or you think that they know. Tell them, tell people how much they mean to you. You know, I, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but I lost a friend this past week very at a very 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 young age and it i guess gosh it's just so hard to say fortunately for him it was not something that was sudden and unexpected he he struggled for a little while with an illness and knew it was coming and so you know he had time to to tell everybody but we don't ever know when our time's coming we don't know if we're gonna have time to to tell somebody or not so use this thanksgiving to tell somebody thank you and tell them how much they mean to you and that's the favor of the week and i ditto everything that cameron said about you guys listening to the show we're grateful for you can't beat that favor of the week absolutely why don't you wrap us up on that let's do it thank you guys so much for tuning in this week We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and a happy Thanksgiving. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Happy Thanksgiving. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.